What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name is John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. The piles haven't gone away, but at least we're a little more festive now. I made a community post the other day talking about how I'm going to start uh, transferring some of the older malicious compliance per revenge and that kind of videos from the other channel, which used to be Storytime with Uncle Reddit MC, over to this channel. That way I can add the whole catalog of videos all together in one place, one channel. So I've had a lot of people commenting on the videos, but I guess they're getting notifications for them and they're asking me if they're, you know, re-uploads and things like that. They are re-uploads. Um, I'm making them private on the other channel and putting them live over here so that, like I said, I can have all the Reddit stuff together. And uh, I want you guys to have all the Reddit stories and the other guys to have all the body camp stories. So, all right, let's get to some tech support. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friend complained that they couldn't play games due to lack of RAM, revealed horrifying truth about their browser's condition. I don't work in tech support, but I am knowledgeable on troubleshooting, especially when it comes to software issues. I often help friends with PC issues in a Telegram group I'm in. Today we were all discussing playing a game as a group, and someone mentioned that they can't play the game because it crashes and freezes at random. I immediately jumped at the opportunity to help, and the conversation more or less went as follows. I asked, how much RAM do you have? The friend says, I have 16 gigabytes. Okay, how much does the game use? The friend says, I allocated it 2 gigabytes, but most of the RAM is taken up by Chrome. At this point, I'm confused. Yeah, Chrome's kind of notorious for eating up RAM, but there's no way it's using up nearly 16 gigabytes of it. Nonetheless, I state the obvious. Then close Chrome when you play the game. Force close it in Task Manager. The friend says, I don't want to do that. It takes forever to start Chrome up again. Obviously, it won't take that long to start Chrome again, so I'm confused. I let some other friends do some tech support talking for a bit, and then the friend reveals the actual problem. The friend says, I have 850 tabs open. <laughs> Holy cow. Me realizing what the real problem is, uh, why do you have so many tabs open? They said, well, I've just done it for so long that I'm used to it. Another person chimes in and says, dude, close some of them. The friend says, well, I don't want to, and I don't want to bookmark them because that'll take forever. At this point, I gave up and told them, you know the problem and the solution to the problem. I can't help you if you don't want to fix it. And then I moved on. I knew their claim that it would take too long to restart the browser was bogus at this point since they were never going to close it to begin with. I will never understand how people can know the problem and the solution to it but still decide to ask for help, knowing full well that they'll never fix it anyway. Yeah, I don't understand that either. How is it that you can ask for something, ask for a solution? A, you're the problem. It's not the browser's problem. It's a you problem. Unfortunately... I know somebody very close to me that's going to be that way very soon. They keep everything that they own on their desktop. And at some point, they're going to ask me to locate an icon that they can't find on their desktop. Because they've got so many icons that it goes off the end of the screen. <laughs> also, their computer's going to start running really crappy. Now, I gotta say, I was really lazy and bad about this before. Keeping a lot of crap on my desktop, but I've since learned that that's just a bad idea. I just can't teach anybody else how to do it. The laptop was too dirty to show IT for repair, 
so we made it even dirtier, then gave it to IT. I'm boasting on behalf of a friend. We'll call him A. A isn't an IT worker, but they work in an accounting firm, and this awfulness happened to the poor IT worker there. A's supervisor, K, has a company laptop. This laptop decided to die in the middle of the workday. Just out of nowhere, zoop, black screen. Charger LED also wasn't turning on anymore, so K decided he needed to bring it to IT. However, because his laptop was so dirty, he felt he should clean it up a bit because otherwise IT would blame him for the laptop breaking during use. It wasn't as bad as some of the nightmares we've all seen, but it was covered with dust, streaks, pet hair, etc. And obviously, it was definitely his fault that the laptop wasn't working anymore, as he clearly didn't take care of it. A watched as their supervisor cleaned his laptop using paper tissues and his own spit. Ugh. And then he hands it to IT. Does anybody else have a mom who, when you were little, you know, the thing that cleaned everything on you when you were growing up was mom spit? Does anybody else have a mom? They lick their thumb and you know, get that mark off your cheek or whatever, uh, or on a tissue or something. And even when I was a little kid, it kind of grossed me out. I love my mother, but I really didn't want to wear her spit. Although one time when we were shopping in a mall, she, I guess I was throwing a fit about something. I didn't want to be there or whatever. And she bent down to tie one of my shoes. And uh, I was probably also throwing a fit because I didn't feel well. Because seconds after she bent down to tie my shoes, I, uh, I puked in her hair. So <laughs> we're probably even for all that stuff anyway with the mom spit thing. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. AH has a new trick. Hiya. Not sure if this belongs in this sub, but here it goes. As I've said before, I have a real a-hole as a boss, but to add to everything, he claims to be very intelligent, but I have yet to see any sign of it. A-hole has made many a mention in this sub. One of my tasks is to teach him how to use the new CRM that we have obtained. He also wants his own special dashboard to show specific metrics. From my side, no problem. I create his dashboard and get an email asking me to explain in minuscule detail what each metric means and why they differ. There's a graph that was created to show various leads and who captured them and when. Not a difficult thing to understand. A-hole sends me an email asking how many leads were created in a certain week. Not difficult to look at the graph. Place your mouse over the key and it'll show a dynamic result. I prepared a response explaining how to put the mouse over the different parts of the mouse and what each response will be. Then I got another email asking a question that if I didn't know better, I would have thought came from a kindergartner. I then took the first email response and asked an AI how I would answer this question if I was a little child. Here's the response. Imagine we have a colorful calendar that shows how many leads we get each week. Each week has a different color, just like your crayons. Week 49 is special because it's red, like your favorite fire truck. If you look at the calendar, you might see two red blocks. Those blocks show how many leads we got during that week. It's like counting how many toys you got for your birthday. To see how many leads we got from each part of the school, you can hover your mouse over the colored blocks, just like pretending to fly over the calendar. This will highlight the blocks for that week, making it easier to see. And if you want to know more about a specific part of the school, you can click on it. This will open a special box, like a treasure chest, that tells you exactly how many leads we got from that part each week. It's like counting all the different toys you got from your friends and family. So the colorful calendar helps us see how many leads we get each week and where they come from. 
It's like having a special tool to understand how our school is growing. Just like you grow taller each year. <laughs> My dilemma? Should I send this or not? What the hell? I don't work there. Go ahead and send it, OP. I'd like to see the response and an update to this. Uh, <laughs> I also need to start asking ChatGPT to start answering questions that way. Because I think it would make for some really cool writing. But anyway, that's a whole other story. I've told you guys before about how my mom worked, you know, 30 some years for different attorneys. And, uh, basically the amount of handholding that goes on in those offices for the bosses who make all the money and drive all the expensive cars to not have the common sense. I, I don't know. It's just incredible. The mystery 911 caller. So today started off normal until my boss called me and says the police have been trying to reach us about some 911 hangups that came in, and when they called the number back, it went to a fax machine. First red flag, our emergency notification system didn't have a record of any 911 calls placed that day. Second red flag, 911 and fax should never be in the same sentence. Thirdly, I don't even recognize the number they're referencing. So that's weird. I tried calling the number on the router's POTS line, and it dialed through just fine. Got a voicemail, but not a fax machine. Had a local user place a test call and confirm the call came from us, so the number is ours. Guess I should add more 911 info to our system documentation. I took over when the previous guy left. No telephony experience. There are still a lot of new-to-me things that creep up. I ended up calling 911 Service Center. Supervisor confirmed the test calls we made matched the earlier hangups. Then he played a recording where I could get more info. I think there was miscommunication. The cop didn't say he got a fax machine when he called the number. He tried to say it sounded like it was a fax machine that placed the 911 call. The machine called once, couldn't handshake, then tried again after a couple minutes. So, two calls to 911, 20 seconds long, waiting for a handshake. Oof. So now I'm back to trying to figure out if someone in our office managed to hook a fax machine up to our router. It would require going into the closet and unplugging the line from the router into a fax machine. So yeah, that didn't happen. I considered aliens for a second, but also not likely. It was at this time I finally came around to pulling up the timestamp of the original call and real-time monitoring tool, Cisco, where I finally saw the extension that placed the offending calls, an extension belonging to a fax endpoint at a different office in an area serviced by a different 911 service center. I looked up the endpoint settings. The calling search space was set to the first building, hence the routing through that office. After talking to users, this fax used to be in building A but was moved to building B. Search space never updated. The end user who placed the fax did so using network fax printer queue. So they were trying the long distance fax, prefixed with two ones and didn't verify before clicking okay. They had no idea they told the machine to call 911. Updated the call space. So at least if the user errors again, the call will ID to the right building. Secondly though, had to address why no one was picking up the cops or my calls to site A. Looked around, the call's routing to an active endpoint, but the office staff doesn't hear anything routing. Updated call manager to route to someone who will actually answer their phone. While this situation can't happen again, I still don't know why my notification system didn't report the 911 calls made from the fax machine, but reported the other test calls just fine. This is the only time I can remember a call not reporting since we implemented the notification system, but that's tomorrow's problem. So all's well that ends well. Cop and 911 supervisor were understanding and pleasant to speak to, so that's something. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised they called you back after only two calls like that and they were fax machines. A lot of times they'll either wait until they've had five, six, ten calls in a day and then try to call you back and figure out what's going on. Or they'll just straight up send you a fine. Or sometimes both. I had that happen on a job trailer once where, I don't know what happened, some, some Yahoo walked into the trailer and threw his snow gear on my desk 
with the fax machine, the computer, and everything sitting there. And somehow, <laughs> don't ask me how, somehow he knocked the receiver off when he threw his snowsuit across the desk. And why he was in my office to begin with, I have no idea. But anyway, somehow this thing decided to call 911. Or when it got knocked off the receiver, it got connected to an operator who thought there was uh, something going on and decided to send the cops. I don't know. But for some reason, we kept getting police visits that afternoon. And I had no idea why. So there you go. It can happen. And we did get a fine. I don't receive your emails. We provide Google Workspace and help desk support to our customers. We sent this valued customer an email that we closed out a ticket. The valued customer says, I received this email that you closed out my ticket, but I never received a resolution. I go back through the ticket to verify a resolution was sent. I tell them, we sent you this message on this date. If you didn't receive it, please check your spam folder. The customer sends a screenshot of the spam folder and says, I never received it. I check the Gmail logs. Not only was the message delivered, I can see that it was read, marked important, labeled, and archived. I ask the valued customer to check for messages marked important and suggest that the problem may be due to a filtering rule or perhaps miscommunication with her email delegate. No response from valued customer, which is about what I expected. Well, to me, no response means that you were right and they're too embarrassed to reach back out to you. So there you go. Every data migration ever. A brief summary of the conversations over the last month. Me. So how much of your data do you need to migrate? Client head of IT says, should just be some personal records, some company records. Eh, that about right, operations manager? Client's operations manager says, yeah, not even, just a subset of that. Me, so it's just flat data? Like one row for one person, no linked tables? Client's head of IT says, correct. And we don't even need much there, just the basic name, address, phone number, etc. That'll do. I say, how clean is the data? Are you sending all of it and expecting us to clean it? Or are you just sending the stuff you want to keep? Client's head of IT says, oh, we definitely don't want that in a new system, so we'll just send over the parts we want. I said, are you sure? Are you absolutely doubly sure? Pinky promise, no take backsies. Client's head of IT says, yeah, but tell you what, let's have a call next week with our data guy. Then today, the data guy says, yeah, so we have two unique databases we need to merge, one in India and one in England. Hundreds of thousands of person and client records, millions of contact log records. For each worker, there will be around 100 unique fields that need to be mapped. And for each worker, around 1,000 records for previous work history and communication logs. An unknown amount of documents, but let's say at least 20 PDFs per person. There's around 200 directly relevant tables, but a lot more that could be useful. I say, do you want some of this or all of it? The data guy says, uh, yes. We need this import to perform a data cleanse as we don't have the capacity. <sighs> I should know better at this point. I fall for it every time. Well, OP, I will say this. At least you got them thinking with your whole pinky promise, no take backsies. You got that guy thinking enough to at least say, hold up a minute, let's double check with the data guy. And then at least the data guy called you back, you know, because if they got you started the way they wanted to go, that would have been a, that would have been a mess. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this one, guys. And uh, until the next one, we'll see you.